0: All right, there we go. Fritzbergen, bloodandfaith.com. Wednesday evening, Tuesday, October 3rd. McCarthy's out. Don't know who's coming back in. We're in revolutionary times, according to Victor Davis Hansen. Let me take these off. Uh, He had a great interview with Tucker Carlson. I'll put that in the uh, link for the description. Uh, And this is true. This has been a long time coming. I don't know what's coming up in the next year or two. I don't know what's coming up in the next 14 months. What do we have, 14 months? 13 months until the uh, election of 2024. In my opinion, as a just somebody that studied history for a good portion of my life, uh, we are in revolutionary times. We those of us on the right, have already lost. We have zero institutions. We have, we don't have a single institution that we control. I'd argue that we don't even control the evangelical Protestant churches. And I've talked about that quite a bit here at bloodandfaith.com. The evangelical Protestant charismatic evangelical Baptist Pentecostal uh, not even mainline. They're gone for sure. At, at To put it kindly, they have decided to take a pass. They've decided to sit on the sidelines. They've decided that they want to talk about the next world and not about this one. They've decided that um, they have no interest in the here and now. And uh, I think this is unfortunate because what's going to happen is a continuation of those evangelical Protestant churches on the same path that they're already on. They're warming up to the idea of homosexual marriage, uh, they can't stand the idea of of closing the borders. They're terrified if somebody calls them racist or anti-Semitic or homophobic or sexist. And so, even that institution, they're they're gone. It's gone. The only people you have on the real right are the people that are now being called, you know, the ultra right, the ultramagus, the uh, racists, the anti-Semites. The uh, sexists, the homophobes. and we have no institutions. We don't have the press. We've got a few websites. We don't have any churches. By and large, we don't have any churches. Very few. There's some out there, but we don't have a lot. We don't have very many preachers. Got some? There's some good ones out there. I'm not the only one with the message that, that I've got. I'm not the only one. So you've got some good preachers out of the good men out there. Uh, but we are in, in in a sense. It reminds me of uh, there was an American general that fought in the Civil War, and not in the Civil War, but in the Korean uh, War. And he says, "Listen, we're in a perfect position. We're we're surrounded on every side. We can attack in any direction." And in in many ways, that's where the right is. That's where the forces in favor of Jesus Christ and the Holy Scriptures are. I was watching uh, Tucker today. He was speaking at a. Uh, or well, some sort of college, university, think tank group that was trying to defend the values of traditional Western civilization. And anytime you see something that uh, is defending Judeo-Christian anything, you got to run. If they're defending Judeo-Christian, they've already got their foot in the door, and they've already suborned that group, in my opinion. Uh, and they've said, you know, you, you, you're on our side, we'll fund you. But if you turn against the, judeo, the Judeo-Christian, judeo then then we will slit your throat, and too many people are unwilling to back down from that. So what comes up in the next 12 to 24 months? There's lots of people out there will that will uh, opine on on the economic uh, debacle that's at hand. I couldn't argue with them. Uh, I'm not a uh, an economist, and I'm not a politician, and I can't read the tea leaves like the late, great, uh, what's his name, Rush Limbaugh could, or many others. Steve Bannon's great. He's good. Uh, they're smart. I can't do that. But what I do have is a sense of, of history. And I, and I remember the Russian Revolution and the Cuban Revolution, uh, you know, Mao's Revolution in China, uh, the French Revolution. And I can tell you that what's coming is, is not good. They already own all the institutions, and they will not give up power. They're not going to roll over and say, hey, you won the election, we're going to walk away. You saw that in 2020. They didn't say, you know what, you you you, you won, we're going to give it to you. Uh, you won fair and square, we'll go ahead and let Trump uh, have another four years. They're not going to do that. Uh, it's my opinion, and I have a right to this opinion, that, that uh, Biden was not legally elected in 2020, that's my opinion based on what I've seen with my own eyes and ears, reading the news, lots of irregularities, and you can see today the guy, the guy, but guy, he didn't campaign in 2020. He sat in a basement. Nobody even knows who his vice president was. Some some gal from California. The whole thing was rotten. Trump's ahead, and they shut down the elections? They shut down counting for hours? Oh, we just found another couple million votes. Ah, I guess Biden's ahead now. It was crooked from A to Z. So it was crooked then, and they stole the election in 2020. Do you really think you're going to get a good election in 2024? I don't. The fact that they're doing everything they can, legally and illegally, to keep us from even having a choice in who to vote for, in 2024, I ought to tell you something. We are in a revolutionary time. It's not coming; it's here. The left has taken over. The Antichrist forces have taken over. I'm personally convinced there's a lot of blackmail and bribery going on in in all parties. I mean, you've got the, you've got these characters out there. You go. How can you make this decision? How can you do this? Why Why would you possibly ever do this? Foreign powers, yes. Domestic powers, yes. The usual suspects, yes. We don't live in a free country anymore. And there's a wholehearted front to gut the Constitution of the United States. The Bill of Rights is the the Constitution of the United States. The First Amendment is the Constitution of the United States. It's not, oh, it's just, you know, oh, your little right to free speech. No, 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 that is the Constitution. That is the Constitution. The Bill of Rights is the Constitution. The First Amendment is the Constitution. The Second Amendment is the Constitution of the United States of America. You get that? There's no Constitution. And there's no reason uh, to have a government. If the government cannot preserve the rights that we have, not that we were granted, but That that we already have, there's no purpose for that government. Now I've I've opined elsewhere and in other other forums. This is, goes back a, you know a few years now. I said there's a there's a number of us that we we are incapable of living under tyranny. The proof of that is the fact that I'm standing up, speaking my voice, regardless of all the you know the all the wonderful hate that uh, <laughs> the usual suspects in my way. I'm incapable. I'm not, I have I am incapable of living under tyranny. I cannot do it. I cannot keep quiet. And I yearn for the awakening of the pulpits. I yearn for the awakening of the pastors and the Christians who just say, "You know what? It's not worth living my life if I got to be quiet. If I have to defer to these antichrists of which there are many. Of which there are many. Well, you can't be divisive. You can't be racist. You can't be anti Semitic. You run that gauntlet, I'm telling you, there's nothing left to say. And you run that gauntlet and, and you have to shut down, I don't know, 50% of the Bible? Salvation's based on race, salvation's based on blood, salvation's based on genetics, if you want to put it that way. If you don't have the blood of Jesus Christ covering you, there's no salvation for you. You have to be born into that bloodline. Other than that, there's no salvation for you. No, no, I don't care how nice you are, how good you are. Is that not get to the core of what it means when they call you racist? I think it's an illegitimate term. It's a pejorative. It's designed to crush people and to beat them into submission. Guilt manipulation, the accuser of the brethren. The accusations of the hypocrites. Bible tells you who the hypocrites are. Pastors don't want to talk about it because now they're anti-Semitic. And so they make up stories, they make up man-made traditions, traditions of the elders, man-made precepts, and they say, well, it doesn't, doesn't really mean that. I know it says that, but it doesn't really mean that. It means something else. It doesn't really apply anymore. And I'm telling you, this is... This is uh, this is where I go, you know, why should God save America if the preachers can't even stand up and preach what Jesus Christ said from from the Holy Scriptures? And I get it. I understand. You know, they're they're coming from a, a place where, uh, you know, they've been taught wrong all their lives. And it's embedded into them from the time they're in second grade. You can't be racist, sexist, homophobic, anti-Semitic. And so they shut up. And they think that that's God's morality, but it's not God's morality. It's Satan's morality. And so when they read the Bible, they run the Bible through a sieve, they run it through a net, they run it run it through a, a filter, and they say anything that can be considered racist, you know, it must not be from God. Anything that can be committed considered anti-Semitic, it must not be from God. And they stop and they give up, and they won't preach the gospel. They won't preach what Jesus Christ said. In the Holy Scriptures, there's an enemy. There's been an enemy around since the Book of Genesis, and I'm not talking about just the devil. I'm talking about the devil's children, and that's the part that I really think evangelical pastors choke on. The devil has children. There's the seed of the serpent, and I, I'll be, I'll be, you know, I didn't get it either. I did not get it either. It took me decades to to, to know. I didn't even know where to look. And I think I've said this before, I'll say it again. I finally, I I woke up one day and I said, God, there's a hatred towards the white race. And it's not just an intellectual objection to, um, you know, the success of the white race, the success of the Europeans. No, there's a a demonic hatred towards the white race. Where does it come from? And it's like the Holy Spirit says, oh, okay. Okay, Fritz, you ready? (laughs) You ready? You sure you want this? Because once you know something, now you're now you're accountable. Now you're responsible for it. And I'm like, let's go. It, it takes me all the way back to Genesis. I mean, I'm, I start. I'm, I'm starting in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. I go back, back, back. Next thing you know, I'm into Genesis. And there's a hatred unto death. Enmity is a hatred unto death. It's a hatred unto death between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And then I'm putting this together with Matthew chapter 3, with John John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 4, with Jesus Christ, you brood of vipers. John the Baptist, you brood of vipers. John chapter 8, Jesus Christ, he looks at the Jews, he says, you're children of the devil. And my head's exploding, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh I just, I couldn't. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Some people are offended when I say, oh my God. But I'm saying, oh my God, (laughs) really? I was saying, oh my Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And and you go back and you go through the... You figure out who these Pharisees are. These were the people that adopted the traditions and the precepts of the elders. Okay? They didn't adopt the, 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 the... They had Moses and they had the prophets. They rejected them for their precepts. It doesn't take long to figure this stuff out. These Pharisees, they said, yeah, uh, Jesus, how come you don't abide by the teachings of the elders? And Jesus rips into them, Matthew chapter 15. He says, why do you reject the law and the prophets for your man-made traditions? And these man-made traditions that the Pharisees adopted, going back 500 years before Christ, the Babylonian Talmud, This becomes the written Talmud. This becomes Talmudic Judaism. And the the Pharisees of old are directly related to the rabbis of today. Oh yeah, they got Moses around. You'll see the Ten Commandments around. I've been to a synagogue or two. But they override them, and they're very proud of it. They're very proud to override what Moses said and what the prophets said with their man-made traditions. And they say this over and over and over again. I've referenced articles in the Jerusalem Post about this. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, you know, uh, the beauty of Judaism is that we can override what is written with our with our traditions, our oral traditions, which were written down into into the Talmud, a couple parts to the Talmud, and they're very proud of it. And they encourage Christians to do the same with the Holy Scriptures. They say, "Hey, yeah, uh, Christians, you're you're you're." Books that you call the New Testament, they're very problematic. They're full of hate and anti-Semitism. So you need to do what we did and simply um, adopt a a different interpretation of what they mean. And then eventually we hope you simply just deny them entirely and reject them entirely. And they've, they've written this down. They've said this. And the church is halfway down that path. Many, many, many preachers will absolutely deny John chapter 8, Revelation 2, Revelation 3. They will deny it. They will reject it. They will reject the words of Jesus Christ. And you read through the book of Acts, and there's over 80 references to the Jews in the book of Acts. The vast majority of them have very negative connotations. The only time when you have good Jews in the book of Acts is when they convert to Jesus Christ. That's it. Other than that, they're slandering the ministers of the gospel. They're murdering the ministers of the gospel. They're accusing the ministers of the gospel. They're beating and stoning the ministers of the gospel. They're hauling them, the ministers of the gospel, before the courts to keep men from hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, so as to be saved. This is the enemy. Uh, look, it's it's the scriptures. I, I if it if it wasn't that way, I wouldn't tell you that. Go do a word search on on Jew in the Book of Acts alone, and then go through that and line by line and figure out if they're the good guys or the bad guys. And if your response is, "Oh, but that's long long ago; it doesn't it doesn't mean anything anymore," and then my my, <laughs> I said, well, there you go, you overrule the Word of God with your man made traditions. If that's not true, why not John three sixteen and just cast it? out? Oh yeah, that was a cute little thing Jesus Christ said. You must be born again. But you know. Yeah, you know, that was kind of cute, but that nah, doesn't really apply. Oh, Jesus didn't really uh uh raise Lazarus from the dead. You know, it's a nice story, but you know, he really didn't do that. Oh, he didn't really multiply the fish or the bread. Yeah, Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And there you go. There you're at it. And we do the same thing with the book of Genesis. Oh yeah, you know, uh yeah, that's how they came up with a story about the creation of the earth and no, we're just simply byproducts of time change. It, it, this is so infected the Protestant Church, the Christian Church, the Catholic Church as far as I'm concerned, Pope comes out the last couple of days, so oh, we're gonna bless the homosexuals. We're gonna bless homosexual unions. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, you know. How'd you like to be a Catholic priest all your life, and you know you go up the ranks? Next thing you know, you're the Pope. I don't even. I'm afraid to even say it. I'm afraid to say it. I, I'm terrified on his behalf. None of us have a lot of time left. What happens after we're done here? I'm terrified for him. So the church is the last institution, and it's gone. Pastors are terrified of, of going against literally the Antichrist. Oh, the Antichrist hasn't shown up yet. There's a lot, There's been Antichrist since, since John wrote his, his epistles. What do you mean there's no Antichrist yet? John said there was in 2,000 years ago. 1 John chapter two twenty. Even now there's many Antichrists. 1 John 2, 1 John 4, 2 John... Oh, the man of sin, Second Thessalonians chapter two, and and we we it's, we have a hard time looking right in the eyes, the the beast, the blasphemous beast. You know what blasphemy is? I, I mentioned this before, but it's it's saying you know what God didn't make us. That's nonsense. We're byproducts of time and chance. There is no male. There is no female. Jesus is a nice guy. You damn him with faint praise. What would Jesus do? Oh, what would Jesus do? Yeah, he'd love the homosexual. <laughs> and we make this stuff up. Why? Because we'd rather be friends with the world, James 4.4, 4, than to be loyal, obedient servants, dare I say, slaves of Jesus Christ. So we are in a revolutionary time. The Antichrist has taken over in the United States of America. The Beast is raging. It's, it's yearning for a war to to crush Russia because Russia's come out and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're a historically a, a, a Christian nation and we're gonna stay that way." And by the way, we're gonna close our borders. We don't need any non Russians here. We don't need any people that aren't like us. Why is this going on? I've told you. I've told you. There's a hatred towards the white race, and there's a yearning to crush and destroy the historically Christian race, the European race, the white race. This is what what's going on with this. Now, that's going to make people's heads explode, but they're already exploding. I'm on a hit list. I'm on their hit list. Pastors, if you're afraid of being on some antichrist hit list, then... You're missing a great opportunity. That's all I can say. You're missing a great opportunity. Jesus Christ was on their hit list. Paul was on their hit list. Peter was on their hit list. John—they're all on their hit list. They're all on the hit list of the Antichrist, the synagogue of Satan. How come you're not? That's the—that's the question you need to ask. Don't ask why you're on. Ask why you're not. Don't wonder why they love you. Wonder why they don't hate your guts and try to cl- close your church down and destroy you as a person financially, personally, and slander you and lie about you? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Which one of the prophets did they not murder and kill? Acts chapter 7 or beat? Acts chapter 7. If they don't hate you and they're not out for your blood, that, that then you got to ask yourself why? Oh, we're good Christians now. Jesus was a bad Christian. He was a bad anti-Semitic Christian. And he was probably homophobic and misogynist and sexist too because he didn't appoint any female apostles. Paul renamed himself. His name was Saul. He was an evil man. He was an evil Jew. He repents. Paul Saul says this. He says, listen, I worship the sinner of, of all. He repents. He rejects Judaism, utterly rejects it, and he repents. And he's the biggest fighter against the Jews and Judaism, the biggest one of all. He went. He took Peter to task. He says, "How come you, like a Jew, act like act like a Gentile in front of the Gentiles, and like a Jew in front of the Jews? What the heck are you?" And he goes to the church. He says, "Do you need to stay away from this evil religion? Don't you dare go back into the law." We're saved by grace. We're saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. There is no other salvation outside of Jesus Christ. Don't you ever think there is? And the Jews come and they overlay even the law. Even the law they reject. And they overlay with their man-made traditions. That's why Jesus said to Moses. He said, listen, he said about Moses. He said, I'm not even going to be your accuser on the judgment day. He said, Moses will be your accuser. Moses will accuse you on the judgment Moses spoke with... Jesus Christ, both in his life and during the lifetime of Jesus Christ. Moses used to speak with the Lord face-to-face as a man speaks with a friend. Exodus 33, verse 11. He was speaking with Jesus Christ. Anybody that rejects Jesus Christ has no salvation. And they become, in effect, Antichrist. And it's the Europeans... Who accepted and adopted Jesus Christ? And we can go into the reasons for that, but the proof is in the Holy Scriptures. The proof is in the Bible. The proof is that the Europeans were targeted with the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That's very clear. Oh, the Gospel's for everybody. Sure, it's for everybody. I get it. And I've made that point clear. Uh, blacks got saved. Ethiopian eunuch in the, in the Book of Acts. He and he he traces. He can. He needs to go thank uh the Ethiopian eunuch that saved Jeremiah from death. That's why he got saved. God remembered the Ethiopian eunuch from the book of Jeremiah who saved Jeremiah's life. He said, you know what? I'm gonna remember you. I will not forget you. And because of that Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Jeremiah, he sent who was it? I can't remember his name. He sent him after I found another Ethiopian eunuch and he got him converted probably had something to do with the foundation of the Ethiopian Coptic Church in, in 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 down there in in what is now Ethiopia. I don't know, probably. Gospel whenever there's 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 many nations were converted on the day of Pentecost. Many nations were converted on the day of Pentecost. Many different peoples were converted. There's people from all over the world there on the day of Pentecost. And they heard and what was it 5,000 got saved in a short period of time. Yet, yet it's undeniable that the gospel is targeted towards Europe. Why were the scriptures all written in, in, in a European tongue after the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Forbid? Oh, that was just, you know, uh, that was just by chance. No, it was not by chance. Why would you say that about Jesus Christ? Why would you say that the Holy Spirit inspired the authors of the Holy Scriptures since the resurrection just by chance? Are you saying that that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and Paul and Peter just, you know, wrote in this language just by chance? Isn't that kind of an insult to the inspiration of 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 the Holy Scriptures by the Holy Spirit? (coughs) The left has won this revolution. The Antichrist forces have one. Now, are we going to push back? Of course. You think I'm going to be quiet? Excuse me. <coughs> I, I, I'm incapable of being quiet. Any preacher is incapable of being quiet. And if he's going to be quiet, and if he's going to adjust his sermons to please the Antichrist, he's not worthy of the name. This is not the time to say things that are pleasing to the synagogue of Satan. It's time to double down, baby. It's time to double down. Let me tell you, things were tough in the book of Acts. Things were tough in Acts 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Did they back down? No. They said, you know what? Bring it. Was it Mullen Lobby? Bring it. We're not backing down. We're not shutting up. We're not going to be quiet. We're going to cause a revolution. An anti-Christ revolution. And that's what they did. That's our minimum duty. That's our minimum duty. We're going to build Christian nations. We're going to adopt the Ten Commandments for these Christian nations. And the first commandment points directly to Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about that. When the first commandment says, I shall have no other gods before me. That's talking about Jesus Christ. Not some other God. It's Jesus Christ. Moses worshipped Jesus Christ. Abraham met with Jesus Christ. Jacob wrestled, wrestled Jesus Christ. The prophets saw and spoke with Jesus Christ. Oh! but we need a multicultural and inclusive nation and be Americans. No, 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 to hell with that. To hell with that. And I mean that spiritually, literally, any way you want to take it. That's the path to hell. Multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi multi-religious cultures, quote-unquote culture isn't a culture at all. It's a return to Babel, man. It's a return to Babel. And if you don't believe the story of Babel, read the book of Esther. 127 provinces. Who goes in and takes over? The children of the devil, the synagogue of Satan, and they immediately begin murdering those they don't like. I'm telling you, we're there. We're there. And Satan and his children have done everything they can to build a multicultural empire in Europe and in the white Christian nations so that the, so that the children of the devil can get in and rule just like they did in the book of Esther. Now, is there hope? Oh, sure there's hope. But it's gonna take the preachers to decide that their loyalty loyalty to Jesus Christ is worth more than their lives. And it's there. It's there, it's coming out, and we're gonna see it. Maybe things haven't been turned up enough. Maybe there's not enough heat on us yet. It's all right. God will provide the heat. He'll turn it up. He'll turn it up until we wake up. Fritz Bergen, com.